yeah, I started just trying to find a, I was out of necessity money, started finding something I could sell, transitioned to POD, and then uh, haven't looked back since. Hello, and welcome to the Optimized Store Owner Show, a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners. We're your hosts, Aaron and Christian. We want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips, tactics, and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry. This podcast will help you add flexibility, stability, and happiness into your life. Ready? Let's go. Welcome everyone to the Optimized Store Owner Show, where we help frustrated store owners become impactful store owners through ticks, tactics, and strategies. On today's episode, we have Cody Neer from E-Commerce Brand Academy. Uh, we're going to learn a bunch of really cool stuff in here, but main things, uh, we're going to show you a tool that connects your funnel data transactions into your Shopify store, the number one mistake print-on-demand businesses make on organic posting, and a new platform for scaling your print-on-demand businesses that a lot of people don't even think about to use. So check it out. All right, Cody, thanks so much for jumping into uh, our actually one of our first episodes of this new podcast and super excited to talk about this new area. Everybody talks about the drop shipping, but they don't really talk about print on demand. So super excited to dive deep into print on demand and hopefully make some more people uh, to grow this type of the business. Thanks for jumping. Yeah, it's awesome. Glad to, be, yeah, glad to be on. So tell us, I guess, real quickly, um, and we'll dive into it a little bit more, but for print-on-demand, what's the differences between that and dropshipping and, you know, the the nuances of print-on-demand? Yeah, so uh, there's no difference between dropshipping and print-on-demand. And technically, print-on-demand is dropshipping. So in okay. my mind, dropshipping is when you sell a product that you don't physically have to ship out. So that's what print-on-demand print gives you. Um, but the reality is you have a plethora, 300-plus different types of products that you can print, you know, designs, for instance, t-shirts, hats, uh, you can do your own labels or, or graphics on, um, where you don't have to hold inventory. And only once a customer pays you, then you get the product made and that product gets made and sent to your customer. Whereas dropshipping, you got, you know, you're choosing one product, you know, in one niche, um, one physical product in one niche, and uh, you kind of got to go all in on your ads and figure out if that product's going to work. Print on demand, you know, if you're selling t-shirts, you know, there's, Millions of t-shirts sold uh, every day online. So you know the product works. Um, you just got to figure out what design or graphic or saying or quote will work for you. So print-on-demand gives you a little bit better leverage to, to bob and weave a little faster, change up those designs and and uh, help your marketing and your e-commerce a little bit faster. Whenever you first started your your first print-on-demand, I think you've, I don't know how many you have now. I've been part of your Facebook group and then also yeah. we we bought your course. So what was your first print-on-demand business and how did you get it off the ground, like yeah. start rolling? So this is the coolest story I have. So um, 2007, 2008, I finished uh, college baseball and I went to play professional baseball. And in the off season, I uh, came home and I was like, man, I got to make money. I got to figure out how to, how to sell stuff or do something. So I started like washing cars and shoveling snow and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And I realized that uh, I would only trade time and, and, and energy uh, basically for, for money. Um, so I started thinking, well, how can I leverage myself? And I started Googling all these things. And I came across, you know, selling your own branded products. This was, you know, back long, this 10, 10 plus years ago. Um, so I came up with an idea. I loved hunting and I loved uh, the outdoors of the state of Nebraska. So I came up with a brand, which was the state of Nebraska, the block N for the University of Nebraska. And I put deer antlers on top of it. And I thought, hey, this is a cool logo, cool brand. I got licensed by the university. And I started selling this thing, just the decal. Uh, next thing you know, uh, everyone was saying, hey, do you have a hat? Do you have a shirt? Um, do you have hoodies? 
So I said, sure. So I started buying hats and uh, shirts and stickers and hoodies and everything from another person. And I realized, man, I, I can't keep buying this and then turn around and selling this because uh, I'm never going to get any real leverage, but at least I don't have to trade my time anymore. Um, you know, I could sell 10 hats and make a hundred bucks versus having to spend 10 hours at $10 an hour to make a hundred bucks. So I knew I was onto something there. And uh, 2012, 13 era came around and this print on demand world started coming around. I started jumping on Facebook ads and really dialed in Facebook ads, doing the Teespring model, you know, sell 50 shirts. Once they hit 50, you can sell it, make a bunch of money. And uh, I realized, well, I have a brand and I'm selling products. Why don't I just turn that into the print on demand world? And uh, so I did. I, I essentially stopped buying my products from somebody else and I started doing the print on demand model. I first taste ever. Uh, so the first year I was selling it, buying and selling stuff, I did a little bit over a hundred grand in gross sales, about $25,000 net. And um, going into the second year when I started doing print on demand, I actually, uh, uh, I think the first year we did print on demand, um, I did like 400,000 plus dollars running Facebook ads, not having to make my own products, buy them and deal with that dropship model. The third year uh, turned into is like 2016, 17 uh, did my first seven figure year, 16, 17 in business for print on demand. Um, and, uh, that's when, you know, I started realizing, wow, this, this model actually works. So I started making all these multiple other brands and print on demand stores and different design ideas and different niches. And from 2016, 17 till now, uh, man, I've had, uh, I mean, I was a part of one venture. We had over 500 different, different brands that we were selling products for. So, um, yeah, I started just trying to find a. I was out of necessity, need money. Started finding something I could sell. Transitioned to POD, and then uh, haven't looked back since. And that was mainly just T-shirts, and then like I know you sell hats now, or that's been a big thing as you've moved towards yeah. the the hat market. Is yeah. there more margin in that, or you just enjoy hats more, or what's the? So you bring up a good point from a marketing standpoint and advertising standpoint. Uh, by necessity, again, I had to transition towards hats in 2015, 16, 17 era too. Because there was more margin to sell a hat. Facebook ads right now, we're dealing with a $15 to $30 CPA. That's just the world we live in with a Facebook ad. But back then, we we're dealing with you know 10 to $15 CPA. So I couldn't sell a shirt uh, that cost me 15 bucks, sell it for 20 and make any money because I'd have a $5 margin. Uh, but I could sell a hat that you know cost me $10 and I could sell it for 25 to 30 bucks and I'd make 10 to 15, 20 bucks net profit. So by necessity or, you know, by the fact that I need to have a bigger margin on my product, um, I started angling more towards hats. And um, yeah, the, the number one seller 2018 uh, was hats. So we had um, invoices of POs from retailers at that time. We had Shields and Bass Pro and Cabela's and Gander Mountain. And we were selling uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars of hats a month to these retailers too. And that was just hats. They didn't want anything else. Well, um, when it comes to nailing down the creative or the actual design of, of these products is it more uh you kind of have to have this broad mentality of i need to try to make as many designs as possible or like do you try to figure out going back to oh i need to figure out this the end with the antlers that's the winner no i actually i'd ask people what they would buy <laughs> it's legit okay. just tell me what you want to buy and i'll get it so the stores was simple i was asked the buyers from the stores and say what what sells the most and they'd say these colors this design you know these sizes so then i would you know, be able to come up with products that way. And then kind of understanding what they were selling in a retail location would give me an idea which way I would go for uh, running paid ads. And then obviously, you know, I send emails out and uh, test them. with POD. The good thing is, is you can just do a mock-up, send it out. If nothing sells, you're not out anything. But um, yeah. 
So I could just hash through those. And I started dialing in. Here's what I know people like to buy. Here's the color schemes. Here's the product types. And over the course of time, I just got better. It's that marketing intuition from the brand. It changes every brand. Some brands, I, it takes me forever and I suck at it. And sometimes some of them, I had to bury them because they're terrible and I can never figure them out. But um, the ones I do, it's just that repetitive over time, constantly figuring out what people are buying. You mentioned something earlier that I think is super relevant for today, which is that you know, the cost for paid traffic is only going to go up. What do you do? And if you sell it, let's just say, you know, if somebody's not going to pay $50 for a hat, maybe they do if it's got like some gold plated something on there, but let's say the hat's 30 bucks or so, and it costs you 25, 30 bucks on Facebook to acquire the customer. How do you increase the average order value or how do you increase profitability with that customer now when ads are more expensive than when you were doing it a couple of years ago? Yeah, uh, it's a great point. And probably the number one thing that I preach uh, inside the Brand Academy, and the reason I even named this thing the Brand Academy is because a lot of people teach this find a winning product, you know, drop ship, you know, constantly looking at ads and over and over and over. And my model is I say, choose a niche um, and then find the products within that niche and be consistent within the niche because you're going to build a list of people. You're not just a list of emails, but you're going to build a list of people who visit and you know track your pixel or people who go to your Google analytics or people who visit your website or in your Facebook pages, you're going to, those are all in my mind. Those are all lists of people that you have touch points with. And over the course of time, in the same niche, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And as that niche uh, list or size grows, you have more success or more opportunity for success to sell those things. So I preach if you build your list and your touch point size um, of all these different channels over the course of time, long-term, you're going to come out better. So you can increase your average order value by allowing someone to buy one product from you and then knowing that they're going to buy another product in that same niche again and again and again. For instance, um, I don't do these, uh, what are they called? I don't even know what they call them in the broad stores or general stores, as people say in this in the dropshipping world. Um, the, the glory of those is you can test a bunch of different niches and then once you find one, you just do what I've talked about. You go and take it and make your major niche. Um, but I just say go all in on the one niche. If you do enough research, ahead of time, you know that the niche has enough opportunity, uh, for instance, sports and passion niches and um, any kind of thing that relates to a, a female uh, fashion wise. And uh, so you already know going into those niches before you actually uh, spend your time on, on, on dealing with them. But over the course of time, it just builds and grows and your email list and your touch point list. And I don't, I don't want to just focus on email because, you know, your SMS list is important. Uh, your pixel data is important. Uh, your Facebook page interaction engagement is important. Um, all those things kind of go in hand to hand. We have a, so from your course, right? So uh, we we, we purchased the course and <clears throat> we're part of the academy now. Um, and just amazing videos for anybody who's listening. I would highly suggest to go check it out. It's just been uh, different ways of thinking about it. Even now, I think what you just gave an answer on just a different way of thinking so we created a brand around 90s kids. Um, it's literally called Totally 90s Kids. And we built up a pretty large following on Facebook. A couple of them went viral. I wouldn't say viral, but we've had... We basically use um, memes from the 90s to pure up nostalgia. And there's some that have millions of views. Uh, we, have, we are about to launch. We were literally figuring out our print-on-demand um, what we're going to use because we have somebody local try that on print-on-demand. And yep. so... We have like six shirts. The store's basically ready. We needed to figure out who's going to print them. What would you say for somebody who's about to pull the trigger? We have an audience. I think there's at this point like 10 or 20,000 people who follow the page and we reach about a million people per month, um, which is crazy. And just people, I guess, love the 90s as much as we did. Yeah, And we absolutely. have 
we have these shirts, like Fresh Prince or whatever. We created them all ourselves design-wise. What would you say is the biggest mistake that we could make when launching this or getting ready to print on, you know, go forward with print on demand? Because I've been trying to follow exactly what you're doing to a T through yeah. the course, but what do you see the mistakes there? Yeah. So when you build up the list, and that's one thing I love doing is building up, using the memes and sharing other things that are relative to the niche and building up the nostalgia and whatever the niche is. There's always something that people like, uh, comment, share, those type of things on. Um, the biggest thing that I believe that hurts when they do that is they try to go heavy into sales mode because yeah, you want to make, you want to generate revenue and you want to make money. Um, and the reality is part of this is you have to essentially sell them without them knowing you're selling them. Um, so that's why you build up the memes and the nostalgia and everything. And your questions, when you ask them about your products, are more like who would wear this? Like, wouldn't this be sweet if we had this when we were, you know, in, in the 1999, who wore this in school? Like these type of questions, when you're talking about the product itself, it's not so much buy here, click here, buy here, pay now 50% off, buy a shirt. Um, people, you know, there's two people, people that love getting sold and people that hate getting sold <laughs> when you start running it. And the people that hate getting sold are louder than the people that love being sold. Um, so you can, you can accomplish that both of those. You can hit both those people uh, without actually selling either one of them, you know, just sharing the product, and they're going to tell you, hey, I like that. I don't like that. And the way they tell you they like it is not just commenting. It's by pulling out the credit card and buying it. Um, so the whole buy here, buy now, click here, buy this thing, um, I say is that's the the big, especially when you're running it from your page on Facebook. You know, you built up this page of everyone's like, yeah, I love following this page. And all of a sudden they start seeing ads, 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 ads from this page on the page itself. I'm not talking about running paid ads. I'm talking about on the page itself. It's like a post where, you know, you're asking to buy. Um, that just wears out the, the feeling of it. So I'd say stay away from posting stuff on the page that's hard sales. Run your ads to the page audience uh, versus you know posting the, the products on the page itself is the biggest. Uh, that's the biggest thing. They go kill an audience that they built right off the bat. People don't like that. Okay. Yep. And, and <clears> if <throat> they do, if they do like that, you share it one time. If they do like it, you can keep doing it. But if they don't, you can even delete it and never do it again. They'll tell you. Interesting. And when would you say, like, how do you, how do you scale this? Right. So we talked about, we started the store and you, and we get some success, probably a whole nother conversation with somebody about Facebook yep. ads, which we'll, we'll have a conversation about, but let's just say you're using Facebook ads. I don't know if you use anything else, but let's say whatever traffic source you suggest, how do you scale it at that point? So you, cause you went from, you know, a hundred thousand dollar a year to seven figure years. Yeah. How, what's that transition like? Uh, two things. Number one is multiple channels, um, but the key on multiple channels. Let me somebody call on me. We're still on. Yep. Okay. So the so the big thing, multiple channels, and I'll tell you about the channels in a second. But the the other, uh, and I mean paid paid traffic channels. But the other thing with POD is uh, is Etsy. Etsy is basically an untapped market for your ability to sell print on demand products. Um, so you know. Google ads, Bing ads, YouTube ads, Facebook ads, uh, Pinterest ads, Etsy. Etsy is really simple to do, but um, that's how technically scaling works. Essentially, if you can dial in your, uh, your channels and figure out which channels are going to bring you the most traffic, the biggest thing is, and the second part of the whole thing, is your funnels, meaning getting your highest average order value and making sure that you can not just get them to buy one product, but uh, cover your cost to acquire them, at least minimum. So, so you said Etsy, Etsy. Um, I don't, 
Okay. I know you have so many different traffic sources inside of the course. Do you cover Etsy right. in the course? Etsy's in there. Etsy's its own course. If it's not, let me know. I'll make sure you guys have it. Okay. I'm definitely yeah. going to check so that out. Here's here's the cool thing about Etsy. Etsy is you place the product on Etsy as a product listing. You pay a per product uh, listing fee. I think it's like 10 cents, 30 cents. But then you go to marketing ads, your, your marketing Etsy ads, and all you do is you set a price that you want to spend per day. You don't have to do targeting. You don't have to do anything else. You just set a price, $2 a day, $5 a day, $10 a day. And Etsy takes your title description, uh, your, your title, your description, your tags, everything on your product listing. And they'll basically tell you which people, you know, what people are searching for. And it gets better over time, optimizing the ads for yourself. So you don't have to go. It's not like Facebook where you're constantly algorithm and checking audiences and all that type of stuff, sizing, duplications. It's literally just set the ad for the day and, um, and let Etsy go do the work. Really cool. You mentioned, all right, so that's the one thing. We're recording this in May of 2021 and whoever's listening now in the future. So you mentioned, you mentioned like <clears throat> the algorithm. Um, a lot of people are freaked out about the iOS 14.5 and the, the data tracking. For those who don't know, it's basically Facebook and, or basically Apple telling everybody we're going to make everybody opt in to be able to get tracked. So a lot of people are opting out on the advertising. So Facebook gets less data and, you know, the ads are quote unquote going to perform worse. What have you seen now? It's been a couple of weeks now at this point, like how have they affected your ads? What have you guys done to change? Um, what suggestions would you give to people? Marketplaces are never going to go away. I mean, they're only getting bigger. The credibility and trust factor when someone goes to a marketplace like Amazon or Etsy to buy, it's a lot higher than your own store. No, I mean, it's just extremely higher. When people go to amazon.com to buy, they see a product and they click and buy it. They have the trust factor from Amazon already. So marketplaces are going to help you there. But uh, twofold is, is with the data side of it, opting out. I believe Apple's in the, in the process of uh, doing their, their own Apple advertising. So essentially, they're going to do um, advertising platform where you can target audiences or people based on device. Um, you know, your iPhone, your iPad, whatnot. So they're just teeing themselves up for that. I think that we're going to go through this little phase where, you know, Apple itself is telling you can opt out and Facebook's going to be a little bit tricky. They'll figure it out. Google will be a little tricky. They'll figure it out. However, they're going to open up their own advertising platform. Um, and the people on Facebook, we're, we haven't seen any significant decline in traffic numbers. Um, but what we have seen is a significant decline in verified tracks, like verified trackable uh, purchases and, you know, upsells and those type of things. We used to be able to track that easy, but, um, it seems like we're getting, you know, we'll get a thousand visitors and we used to, you know, get a certain amount of, of, uh, clicks and that's just, it doesn't show the same numbers. We're just seeing different results in the data side, but from a purchasing standpoint, we haven't seen a significant impact. Our offer is good enough. Our funnels dialed in. So, um, you know, it still goes one-to-one. -one. If somebody comes to our offer, sees our offer, uh, they're going to convert the same level. We just got to, you know, Pay more. Hey, so owners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15 minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreowner.com forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreowner.com forward slash ecom dash training what would you say the percentage of store so part of our strategy for a lot of the clients that we work with is making sure that their store converts at a high level or what we believe is a quote-unquote high level when you're sending traffic to your stores i i don't know if you build through shopify or, or what you guys yeah. use 
what's a what's a goal store conversion rate that you try to get to if you're sending all this traffic to the site i know etsy you buy on etsy but if you're using facebook ads or anything else yeah what's what are you doing to increase the store conversion rate what do you think is like a, a number people should be striving for um and how do they improve that yeah so there's there's three conversion rates that i look at from my store um and then there's one off of the store which is the funnel so i never run a paid ad directly to my store never run a paid ad directly to my store a front end uh, paid ad i should say top of the funnel paid ad, meaning a cold ad okay to my store i always run it to a funnel and always has an offer i will never run it just to the product page in my shopify store um as a top of the funnel ad my middle and bottom of the funnel meaning that i've sent them sent the ad to them at uh you know the offer page on my funnel they go through the funnel they buy they don't buy i'll retarget them to my shopify store that's it, to the product page I'll also retarget them to the homepage in the middle of the funnel section. Now, once they go back to the middle of the funnel, meaning they go back to the product page, they go back to my homepage, the action they take then after they've already seen the offer, said yes or no, the action they take in the middle of the funnel is bottom of the funnel, which means I'm sending them directly to the product page, directly to the cart. And I'm only retargeting people that have uh, add to carts that they didn't purchase. So it's called traffic up here to funnels, retargeting to the home page and the product page, only people who add to cart and didn't purchase on the bottom of the funnel. And that's how I run my ads. That way I can track each level of the top, middle, and bottom of the funnel. Um, but then also running ads directly to your store, uh, you have a less likelihood of, of converting because you have no sales copy, no offer. It's just a product with the price. Um, there's no significant impact. You can do a good job of you know building out your page, your sales page, I guess, on your store. But it's a lot easier just to run all your paid traffic to a funnel. That way you can say, here's what your op option is. Here's how much it costs. Here's why you should get it. You know, buy here, buy now that type of thing. And that's the ad I'm running on Facebook, cold traffic ad I'm running on Facebook, not on my, you know, not posting on my page, but actually running to the audiences that I've built to the funnel. And when you say funnel, just to clarify, are you sending them to like a ClickFunnels page? That's yeah. Like a yeah. So I, I'm, uh, you can build a funnel on your Shopify store using all sorts of page builders and then using upsell apps, uh, you know, one click upsell or UFE. There's all sorts of one click upsells. I'm a heavy proponent on click funnels because you have the, the ability to fast, you know, you can launch fast, you can build a funnel, you can duplicate a funnel fast. Um, and you give them one option. You can obviously have as many upsells or downsells as possible. So I, I doing this for since 2015, um, we created funnel orders, uh, which is funnelorders.com, which basically what it does is it connects your funnels to your Shopify store. Um, so any orders you have in your funnel will pull all the information in your Shopify store. So that way you can continue running the business at a Shopify, but you can have your funnels um, dialed in and optimized and changed. And you can look at those stats based on that exact offer, that exact funnel. You run your traffic over here to Shopify store to an offer page. It's going to skew the entire websites, uh, conversion rates and, and whatnot. Whereas if you run it to the funnel, you can dial in the funnel. It's off your Shopify store. Um, it really lets you uh, deep dive into the data. And we use Microsoft Clarity, by the way. Clarity is free, and it's basically like you know Hot Jar or whatever um, to track where they go on the site, how you know how long they stayed, where they clicked, uh, what they read, those type of things. And it's a it's a free service. So awesome. So those are yep. two great websites I wrote down. The I guess my question for the funnel is right. So if we're buying, like I guess we all three have hats on. All right. So yep. <laughs> so um, if I wanted to sell this hat. Um, I would create one funnel only for this hat and then what would the funnel look like? And then I guess a second part would be you just duplicate the funnel for to sell your hat and then I duplicate the funnel to sell Christian's hat and they're all different campaigns for traffic for each one of them? 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, if it's under the same brand, then I'll have the brandname.com. And I call this the branded funnel method. So uh, for instance, if my store, yours is totally 90skids.com. Is that what it is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if I'm totally 90skids.com and I have all my products and everything over here, uh, I'm going to tie in through funnel orders. I'm going to tie in those products into the ability to sell in a funnel. Um, so now when I tie build my funnel, I have all of access in my Shopify store, all the products over here to sell in my funnel. So if it's the hat, for instance, that's my initial offer because that's the the product, the, the top of the funnel offer. If it's the hat, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have, you know, hat.totallyfunnels or to, totally90skids.com. It's going to be a subdomain offer and it's going to go to my funnel. And on the top of my funnel, instead of it saying, uh, you know, click here, buy now, 50% off some crazy scheme, it's going to have my logo, totally 90s kids. Um, it's going to have the hat, nice, beautiful picture of the hat or a rotating uh, GIF of the hat. Um, it's going to say the, you know, the offer, which is, you know, if it's 30 bucks, now it's 25 or, you know, buy two, get one free. Um, you got to have something to make them want to purchase because just running an ad to a product at a price um, is not going to get you there. Meaning if your hat costs 25 bucks in your Shopify store and you're selling, running to a funnel for 25 bucks, what's the difference? You just run it to a Shopify store if you do that. So have an actual offer, like something that's creative unique, whether it be discount, multiple products, um, design even that you can't get on the store. It has to have something creative over there for the offer. The funnel, the upsell in the funnel is going to be the same, uh, similar product. Obviously the best thing to sell somebody that just bought something is the same thing more of. So if they buy a hat, you can try to sell them more of uh, the same hat, maybe different colors of the hats, same design on the hat to a different style of hat, maybe fitted for snapback, flat bill, stuff like that. And then the same design on a different product, meaning on a hoodie, t-shirt, you know, something that's relative. So most people wear hats um, or, or the hat style, I guess you could say, uh, you can tie it into the hat style. So if it's a flat bill hat, tie that into the type of product that's somebody who's going to wear a flat bill hat versus a baseball style hat. You can do, you know, baseball style hoodie, uh, you know, it looks like a baseball style hoodie, stuff like that. So it's relative to the initial product they, they purchase. If the hat says saved by the bell, sell them something else saved by the bell, you know, like that's uh that's pretty easy stuff that you guys probably know. But yeah, I'm, once the order comes to the funnel, goes inside Shopify, it triggers the POD app or the, you know, the vendor I have, just like a regular order that comes anywhere else. And we fulfill and the, the products go out to the uh, the customers. Um, pretty seamless. Funnel orders. Yeah. I think. Thanks for yeah. what you said. So once they, and I think this is a big, a big issue that people have is, um, one, finding a trusted vendor to do the printing. And then secondly, how do they still add that quote unquote personalized feeling or that personalized touch to this brand? And do you let them know that it's print on demand? Is it just a don't ask, don't tell? Or what's the, what's the strategy for making sure that it, the order is still fulfilled where there's integrity, meaning that like it's a, if I order today, I'm not going to wait three weeks or a month to get a hat or a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, so your your vendor manufacturer relationship is huge, and you bring up another good point. I'm not sitting here just pitching everything I have, but I've, I had to build these things out of necessity um, from what I was doing. But I created BigStitchy.com, which is literally on-demand embroidery. Um, so the ability to make my hats on demand from my own shop and make sure that they're shipped and made in the United States, so my customers have a good experience the time they purchase. Um, so we're based at, if the shop is in Nebraska, I'm obviously in Florida, but my wife's from Nebraska. That's, that's why it's up there, but, uh, it's based in Nebraska, centrally located in America. Um, and any type of, any time a product comes in, it usually ships within a day or two max 48 hours, but typically if it comes in today, it's going to be shipped out, 
uh, by the end of the day, the next day before two o'clock um, because we order products and, you know, do the products on demand and stuff like that. So to your point, um, we, I ensure that based on main, controlling my manufacturing or my product sourcing. Yes, I do POD vendors um, when I use them. Um, and I start getting orders, I essentially buy the product myself and then I see how long it takes to get to me and I check the quality first before I ever go sell it to a customer. And if I need to make changes at that point, I'll send, you know, questions back, say, hey, can you put a, you know, uh, a better base, a different white, you know, change the color of this to a lighter blue or something like that. I tell them then and then I dial it in, get another sample. And then once they have it, I say, okay, so every time I sell this product, you're telling me this is going to be the exact print. I get them to confirm. That way, when it goes out from there, it's confirmed in email. And if it's not, I can say, hey, I know you didn't print this incorrectly, but this isn't what we agreed on. So um, typically, most POD vendors will honor um, the print. So if there's any issues at all, it's on them. They'll reprint it and send it to your customer. If it's an issue on your customer who says, maybe I bought the wrong size or, you know, I just don't like it, buyer's remorse, um, then it's on them. You know, you got to deal with that. But uh, most POD vendors are nice. They'll they'll stick by the product. There's holes in the product or something wrong with it at all there's uh you know there's there's typically um a pretty easy flow it's okay this is insane amount of value here what are you working on now just kind of transition i want to be respectful of your time what are you working on now because obviously you've built two other companies that help this print on demand world yeah, yeah. but what's what's next what's new what are you excited about yeah. right now so the so the number one brand that we're focused on now is called bestbaseballgifts.com and we have licensed mlb mlbpa uh and patented products so products are still on demand we're still using on demand we're doing canvases uh wood engraved baseball bats and wood engraved home plates um it's all still on demand products printed and you know carved on demand and uh, yeah it's bestbaseballgifts.com um that's our our core product we're selling hats and other stuff too but um yeah, that's the main focus. I'm really excited about that brand. See what it does. Have you thought about, and I think you've done a little bit of it, which is like, um, you're just more so showing that it does take work and I'm not trying to tell people it doesn't take yeah. work, but I think you were showing a little bit behind the scenes of like how you came up with the licensing deals and how you're yep. communicating with these people. I don't know, even know if that's why you're down in Florida or not as baseball movers or something, but, um, is there going to be something out there in the future and maybe we can link it sometime later, but where you're going behind the scenes of how you made these deals happen? Cause I think that's a thing that people want to know is like, how do I get Nebraska to let me use their logo or how do I let Kansas or yeah. Texas or whatever use my logo? Yeah. yeah so we have a, I have a mastermind that any of those questions, I basically share everything. The reason I do that is because a lot of people ask and I constantly just say it over and over and over. And I'm like, what are, what do other people do to, to share this information. So that's why we created this mastermind. Um, but uh, between sharing the insides of the business, which is what we do in the mastermind, um, I also share how to position your business to sell, um, which is another thing that a lot of people don't understand is that there are a lot of individuals with a lot of money just sitting around not doing anything and they'd love to buy your business and they'd love to, you know, have it keep going. And if they can have a cash flow uh, come out of rather than sitting on a hundred thousand dollars cash in the bank, um, then they'll give you a hundred grand and you, if they can, you know, get the cash flow out of your business. So um, that's another thing that we, we teach in there, the back end, how we do get these, these deals done, um, how we run our business, but also how to position your business to sell. Very cool. Um, and what, what was the, is there a link or anything, or just go to your website? What's the best place for that? Just, I got it. Uh, yeah, it's launch scale Got it. 
And I, I saw an ad because I followed Dane Henry around, but I saw you and him were doing something. <laughs> what are you guys? Yeah. What were you guys doing there? Yeah. So, so we did a, uh, I did a coaching program in, in 2020 and in the first two months of 2021. And essentially, I was teaching people, showing them how they could find products that they don't have to buy inventory on, um, and drop ship them using Amazon or Etsy or your your neighbor who makes it out of their garage. Just showing people that they can actually ha- sell products with integrity, uh, that are high quality, you know, good value, um, but you don't have to go drop shipping from China and you definitely don't have to make them yourself. You don't need patents and trademarks and all this craziness. You can just find a good product um, from marketplaces even and uh, and sell, sell them via ads. That was a pretty simple process. Very cool. Um, I know I'm super fired up to go start our totally nineties kid. And I know that, um, and get that going now that you've shared all this knowledge, but also for those who are e-commerce brands and using this, I mean, this, all of this is gold. Um, we're going to have a really good amount of information for show notes and links for people. Uh, but what's the best place outside of the links that we're going to have in here? What's the best place for them to connect with you or, uh, connect with you online? Yeah. Ecommercebrandacademy.com or go to our Facebook group, e-commerce brand Academy. And it's an amazing, I can vouch for the Facebook group. It's an amazing group of people giving feedback when I was first starting out with the brand. So absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's the cool thing. And, um, as you know about Facebook groups, they're only as good as the people that participate. So this is so true. (laughs) Yeah. We're trying to grow a Facebook group right now. And that absolutely Mm. awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Cody. This was wealth of knowledge. That's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at BitBranding and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.